Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. That's storylines, best bets, one and done. Joining me, look at these two, to break it all down, I've got them. Back in the mix, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, hello to you. What's going on, you guys? Uh, I missed you guys. Um, You know, Rick and Greg held it down, but excited to be back. It is nice to have you back. It's nice to have you back as well. Kyle Porter is here. KP, good to see you. I miss you guys too. Vacation was uh, was lovely. I could have picked a better week than an elevated event week, but uh, got some good reading in, got some good friend time in, got some good wife time in. It was uh, it was it was tremendous. Surprising hit of the vacation was uh, beach volleyball among a bunch of nearly forty year olds. So nobody. No torn ligaments or anything. It was great. If you came back in one piece, it's certainly a win. Are y'all charged up, ready to get back out on the road, ready to go to Rochester? I know. Just seven days at home and then gone for eight again. I feel like a feel like a professional golfer, minus the salary. But uh yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped about PGA championship. It'll be fun. I, I thought there was so much energy last time, Rick, whenever we did Phoenix Open together with Joe Musso. Um, it, it was just, I don't know. It's very different than what I usually do at majors, but it was such a blast. I had such a good time and I'm, I'm hopeful that the PGA championship will even be half that good. Cause it'll be, it'll be fantastic if it is. Oh, my juices are flowing. There's only one thing left to do, Patrick. That is to, yeah, I know you're shaking your head. Yeah. I'm, I'm, re- I'm really happy for you guys. Uh, <laughs> we want you there. We, it- we, we just, Another Kyle brings up Phoenix once again, kind of just like twisting the knife a little bit. You know, you know, I have FOMO. Um, yeah, and some would say major FOMO now. Nice, well done. Well, listen, we don't have to talk about it just yet. We'll talk about a couple of we can, we can, we can. Uh, Real real quick before we move on, uh, two books that I finished on vacation. Yes, Patrick, I was texting you about this silent patient. You recommended that, correct? Correct. Fantastic read. Yeah. Nice little twist there, huh? Yeah. I, I, you sort of saw it coming at, toward the end, but it was kind of, kind of hit you. Yeah. And then I read uh, Three Ring Circus by Jeff Perlman, which is, I think I mentioned it last week. I, I couldn't remember who wrote it, but it's about the Kobe Shaq Lakers, like early 2000s. When they had uh, Derek Fisher and Devin George and um, uh, Rick Fox, Rick Fox, Robert Ori, Carl Malone, Gary Payton, it was it's wild. Kobe does not come off very well in that book. I, I never, I didn't follow it as closely back then, I guess, but tough, tough uh, book for for my guy there. It's a great book though, great read. There are a lot of uh, goats that don't necessarily come across across as like the greatest humans or 
teammates or whatever it might be, because there's kind of, isn't there an element of goatness that you have to have that does not necessarily play well with others? Well, I, I think that's what, yes, I think that's almost universally true. And that's almost what makes somebody like a LeBron or a Steph, you know, so much more, they're, they're the, they're the outlier in terms of being like, historically great but also seemingly like at least decent to be around you know because all these other guys you read about it's like you know jordan was the worst human ever to be around the tiger stuff has historically not really been all that great it it it, may i think for me it makes me appreciate the guys that are seemingly more like normal humans i mean quote unquote normal humans than uh than, than the rest. Yeah, agreed. Gentlemen, we actually have a couple of interesting news nuggets that I want to get into before we talk about uh, this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. First off, big storyline related to the AT&T and then also into the future. Jordan Spieth withdrew on Monday from this golf tournament. Do we have the statement that he released? Of course we do. Thank you, Josh. Uh, this is the statement that he typed up in his notes app and then put on Instagram and Twitter. It says as follows. Over the weekend, I had severe pain in my left wrist and had doctors confirm an injury that requires rest Unlimited movement. The AT&T Byron Nelson means the absolute world to me, and I'm disappointed to miss this week. Playing in front of family and friends in Dallas is one of the highlights of my year, and the tournament staff and volunteers are second to none. I look forward to being back next year and many years after. He would go on to say, I'm focused on healing as quickly as possible and will have to evaluate my recovery week to week. Sincere thanks to the medical professionals who have supported me over the weekend. Jay, signing something with your initials is cool. Patrick, um, one, this was very much out of the blue. Jordan Spieth has been very healthy in his career. And the timing of it with it being this week, a week that he has uh, committed to playing for a long time, and next week, the week that he could potentially complete the career Grand Slam, obviously not good. I, I think he wins next week now, uh, <laughs> you know, just in total Jordan Spieth fashion. But George Savarinkis of the Golf Channel, Savvy for short, uh, just tweeted an update two hours ago and said Jordan Spieth is 50-50 for the PGA Championship. It is an injury to the tendon in his left wrist. He's resting and doing PT until Friday. Then we'll evaluate and would consider arriving to Oak Hill Monday or Tuesday if necessary. As far as surgery down the line, something he and his team want to avoid, but we'll see how he responds to PT. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, Spieth has been kind of one of the guys a little more outspoken about how, you know, condensed and tight this schedule is. And this obviously doesn't make that a great look in hindsight. Uh, but it's it's quite unfortunate, especially with the way he's playing. This is probably the best he's been playing in quite a while leading up to the PGA Championship. Um, and it kind of almost felt that the miscut at the Wells Fargo Championship dampered expectations like almost enough to where it benefit him at the PGA championship, but it, it's not great. especially the week of the Byron Nelson, that's a tournament he played in when he was 16, made the cut was the sixth youngest player to make the cut on the PGA tour uh, was like in contention that week too. When he, uh, when he was the U S junior amateur champion at the time. So just all around, unfortunate. I didn't even think about that. The condensed schedule, potential injury. That's, that's like, 
in football where you've got, oh, we, it's player safety, player safety, player safety. Oh, by the way, let's add a couple more games to the schedule, right? Like that's it's tough. I didn't even consider that angle. Yeah, he, he brought that up at the Masters. I We popped over because Rom Kepko was a little bit boring and he was finishing up with Phil and, and I kind of went over to see Phil. And then all of a sudden, Spee starts kind of, he wasn't going off, but he was like, he basically was like, yeah, schedule sucks. It's not good. And you're like, oh, no, that's it. That's that's interesting. You know, I think his statement here, Rick, is interesting. I'd, I'd like to kind of dig into the first part of it a little bit more where he says over the weekend. Now, to me, that uh, wait, did he he missed a cut last week, right? He did. So he, he yeah. technically, right. If we're taking this at, at exact face value, he did not play a quail hollow on the weekend last week. Yeah. So over the weekend is, is intriguing because it, it like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like a single point in time where something happened and then you got to repair it from there. Right. This seems like one of those things where can you gut it out? Is it going to do long-term damage if you do gut it out? I, I think that part is going to be really interesting because I mean, he's got, what, three majors in the next uh, six to 70 days? And, you know, he's been playing pretty well this year and hasn't had any signs that I know of. of, of uh, although, was he flexing it at – no, it was his back at the Players' Championship that was kind of bothering him, right? Mm-hmm or at the Valspar or something like that. So I, I don't know. It just, it, to me, the over the weekend thing was kind of like, okay, this didn't happen on the third hole in the second round at Quail Hollow. It was more ambiguous than that. It was more like, oh, this has kind of been popping up and it really hurt me pretty bad over the weekend when I was practicing or whatever. So I'm curious to see like what comes of it over the next, forget the Byron Nelson. Uh, although, him withdrawing from the Byron Nelson is a big deal. Like that's a really meaningful tournament to him. So, you know, it's not nothing. This is not just like, Hey, I want to rest a little bit before the PGA, but I am curious to see what happens over the next two or three weeks. Yeah. I'm, I'm no doctor here, Patrick, but I'll just, you know, highlight some words. Severe pain requires rest and limited movement and that his recovery is week to week. Sounds to me like like he's not playing the PGA championship. Yeah, uh, over the weekend, like KP said, is definitely interesting. Do we think it is a Rory McIlroy kickabout situation? Uh, <laughs> where my original, my original thing, KP w- w- was not so. KP said, "Oh, maybe it's something that had been popping up, and then something something happened." I, I read that differently. I read that by saying, "I'm a, I'm, I'm absolving the Wells Fargo Championship in Quail Hollow of any of any problems. This did not happen there." But a a moment happened and from a relatively healthy guy that I mean, Jordan Spieth talks. You don't think I feel like we would have heard about him dealing with something previously. Uh, This to me feels like not that he fell down a flight of stairs, but like he fell down a flight of stairs. And he's left hand. He's left hand dominant, too. So maybe he was just doing something with his left hand and busted his wrist. Yeah, that that's. uh... 
I guess originally I was reading it. I I had forgotten he missed the cut. I missed a lot of golf last week, but I was reading it as if he sort of like played with it because it, yeah, I guess I was, I guess originally I was thinking, oh, he had some severe pain, but he played with it and kind of moved on. But I guess it could, it could have been true that he had severe, I can't believe we're breaking this down like this, but he had, he had severe pain at one singular moment and hasn't done anything since then. Right. That's sort of what you're saying, Rick. That's, that is the way that I originally read it. And okay. Yeah. You never go wrong with us, like trying to dissect a, a, an athlete's injuries. <laughs> never been wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, because originally I was thinking like he was he was playing or uh, continuing to play or whatever. But you could be right. The, the only I, other thing is like the only thing that um, kind of moves me towards your camp, although I guess he has access to different like. OK, so he, if something popped up for the first time over the weekend and he already went, saw a doctor, had them confirm an injury, diagnose it and give him a treatment plan like that would take me like six weeks to happen. Like he, ha- he did all that in like 24 hours. Man, are we talking about the United States healthcare system right now, Rick? <laughs> I got access to a better a better PPO than I do. For we're sure. Doing, we're doing the, the domino meme. Jordan Spieth withdraws from Byron Nelson. Universal healthcare. <laughs> Universal healthcare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't see a problem. That's how this. That's for sure how this ends. I, Greller might get it, uh, deported, like in the middle of all that, for some for some reason. But uh, yeah, the the uh, just because yes, we wouldn't want him to have access to any of that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it would not be great if he missed the PGA Championship. Yeah. Um... So we'll obviously see. I, I wish it said he was day to day. He says he is week to week. I'm sure we'll learn. Uh, hey, if he if he gets there late, if he gets there Monday, Tuesday, like he said, he's willing to do. If he's willing to try to play through it, who knows? We'll obviously keep a close eye on this as things develop. The other interesting little nugget that came out of the golf news world was actually today, Tuesday, if you are not watching with us live, and that there has been a new broadcast partner that has just thrown their hat into the ring on the Corn Ferry Tour, and it is Barstool. Uh, Barstool... They streamed. Was it a? It was a. Ba- it was a college basketball game, right? It was. Was it? Was it a tournament game? Or they had the. Uh, they had a tournament, but they've. They have dipped their toes into live streaming sports previously. Well, they also have the. They sponsor the bowl game. That's what I'm thinking of. It was the okay. Bowl. That's exactly what I'm thinking. But of. I, I do think they did a basketball thing as well. I, I think this is. Listen, I think it makes sense. I, for a long time, I've thought that, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, com- I'm not comparing the two. Get your dog under control, Rick. Uh, I'm, Amazon is here. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not comparing the two. But I, if my son and I watch, or if my sons and I watch Monday Night Football, we watch the Manning Cast, right? It's more. I don't know what it is. It's more irreverent. It's more it's funnier, it's whatever, all the things that I sort of want, Patrick, when I'm watching a, uh, like a, 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 a sports telecast, because I don't, I, I don't know, I, I guess I just don't want the super seriousness. There's a, there's a time for that. But during the regular season, during a corn ferry to a regular season, it makes sense that you would bring in some irreverence or some like interesting sort of Manning cast type 
broadcasters. And so I don't know if those guys will be necessarily good at this, but I, I, and I think Rick and I are on the same page. I'm curious if Patrick is, I think it's worth trying for sure. I think from the corn Ferry perspective, absolutely. Uh, you have nothing to lose. It seems right. Uh, seems like, but I wrote this down. Um, I, I legitimately do not care. Uh, like I, I, I don't mind bar school or the stuff. They have some pretty funny personalities, uh, but I, it's probably not something I'm going to get into there. There, there are many annoying people on Twitter, in my opinion, and up there on the list are the TV complainers. Mm. I cannot stand them. Do Top you have a three. list? Uh, there, there's, there's a novel, uh, many pages. I read your newsletter on Monday. It was good. Thank you. But the TV complainers are up there. And I know they have broadcast experience with basketball and football. Golf's a whole different animal. And their fan base is so loyal. They could have a potato out there shooting the the golf, and they'll say it's a success. Uh, So I I guess I'm interested to see how it goes, Uh, you know, knowing some of those guys have been critical of the TV product. And I'm interested to see if they can improve on it, but well, I'm hesitant. Well, yeah. I guess my question is like, what is the goal of, uh, what's the goal of the corn fairy tour? Like, like not, not with barstool, but just broadly, like what is their goal as it relates to any of this, you know, money or revenue or TV or media or whatever, like what, what are they trying to accomplish? And, does this align with those goals or is it just a sort of splashy like, Hey, we're, I mean, everybody loves the barstool partnership, right? Like they're in the PGA championship store now and they're in the players championship and that's fine. Like I've, I liked it. I like Riggs. I like Rappaport. Like I like those guys. I'm not, that's not like a, I'm totally fine with that. I just don't know like what is the corn fairy tour trying to accomplish if they had us on there, you know, whatever, like with any, with anything that they're trying to do. And I don't know, I know they released a statement here, but I don't know what the answer to that question is. So it is going to be the NV five invitational at old national bank. It's in July. It's an event outside of Chicago. So here's that statement that Kyle references from corn fairy tour president, Alex Baldwin. That's really his name, Alex Baldwin. Not Alec, but Alex. Got it. While our mission is based in identifying, preparing, and transitioning the next generation of PGA Tour stars, we at the Corn Ferry Tour have made it a priority to engage and grow our fan base while providing the added exposure to our membership and tour. And this partnership with Foreplay is another significant step towards that goal. So, um, yeah, if you're the Corn Ferry Tour, it's a pretty easy win, right? No one was broadcasting your stuff before. Now you get uh some type of partnership in this world i think i think patrick we we don't align in some places but we align in like i'm i'm not barstool's demo right like i don't follow anything barstool does i like dan dan and i get along quite well um but the idea of having a broadcast basically of any kind that is not made for my dad is cool right like i don't know what it's going to look like i don't know if it's going to be different but there is a very specific demo that gets entirely serviced in golf and it's not mine. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I have like no like animosity towards any of those guys. I think a lot of them are great at what they do. Uh, but it, it is just an absolute no brainer for the corn fairy tour. You're not really on TV ever. Uh, I know they've been trying to live stream more, uh, especially down the stretch of some of those tournaments. So you're bringing in potentially a whole new audience to the game and introducing these new young potential stars to golf fans. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, but I'm just interested to see if they can, you know, back up their broadcasting chops with some of their complaints. That's that's all I'm I'm interested to see. I think I th- that's it's harder or easier said than done. Uh, I think what's really interesting about the minor leagues of any individual sport is that you, I don't know, it's so hard to garner or to like con- like to aggregate an audience, right? Because. In the minor leagues of basketball or baseball, you have these fans of teams that want to say, Hey, I saw so and so. He's awesome. We should, you know, let's check it. Let's, whatever. Like you have interest around that. And with individual sports, who's doing that besides players, families, or friends, or college teammates, or whatever? It's just, it's just such, I mean, that's a hard world, you know, to, to, to build a business in really hard, like really, really hard. And so I don't know if this is like a tryout for doing it with the tour or which I think I'm not opposed to. I think that would be interesting for anybody to, to jump into, you know, doing a Manning cast like deal. Uh, but you know, it just made me think about like the minor leagues of tennis and golf and some of these individual sports. That's, it's it's really difficult to g- gather enough people to make something and like a thing, you know, and and that'll be that'll be tough with this situation for sure. Uh, we will see how it shakes out. We got a couple of months until uh, this broadcast goes live, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. So, Jeff, we got more to talk about, but anything additional on Spieth and or Barstool uh, broadcasting a Corn Ferry Tour event that we should chat about? Going once. Has Spieth ever been injured before? Emotion. His, his back was hurt from carrying James Hahn around for seven years. That was the That's joke it. that I made. When, okay, can I ask you when when did you make that joke? And then because James Hahn just tweeted that out like three weeks ago, <laughs> like out of the blue. But when was that from? How long was he sitting on that? It was, I think it was a Players Championship week. Because no, no, no. You know what it was? It was it was uh, I think it was Bay Hill week. Well, it was it was around mid March. So because it was for two months. Yeah, but then he acted like you know Kyle's been coming at me. I, I literally tweeted one thing. K- uh, KVV said uh, I think this was in a text thread. I got to make sure what's public and what's private. But um, he's like, yeah. I, oh, this was no. It was on their pot on the NLU podcast. He was like, yeah. I hung out with Kyle the entire week of the Masters. James Hahn didn't come up a lot. So he's not like, he's not in his, you know, in his, what did Hahn say? Like in his jock, riding my jock strap or something like that. <laughs> what a, what a weird phraseology. <laughs> uh, Bizarre guy that James Hahn. All right. We will continue this conversation. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
A major moment awaits at Oak Hill, but you can catch the AT&T Byron Nelson on CBS this weekend. Coverage begins 3 p.m. Eastern on both Saturday and Sunday. Look at that beautiful golf course. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Very good stuff. Gentlemen, you know who is in the field for the PGA Championship? I bet, I bet Josh knows. Ricky Fowler. We're getting better at that. Ricky Fowler will play just his fourth major championship since the 2020 November Masters. He only played the PGA Championship last year because he had finished T8 in 2021. Patrick, I feel as if you are quite bullish on Rick back in play. Yeah, and he only got into the 2021 because of the kind of pseudo sponsors exemption. No, it was like fully not pseudo. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you know, benefit of the doubt to the boys at the PGA of America. Um, but yeah, a little back patio handshake agreement and, and he took advantage of it to, to his credit. And I, I know Kyle wrote about him today and he's just been great. He's playing fantastic golf, obviously inside the top 50 in the world now, which is a huge accomplishment. Uh, you know, we've seen many great players drop even outside the top 60, like a Taylor Gooch. So it's just, it's really, really good to see Ricky playing well. And yeah, like you said, Rick, I, I nibbled a little bit at 80 to one today. Um, it's probably not going to end well for me, but I'm excited to see Ricky and he's been great in major championships throughout his career. Uh, and hopefully that continues next week. Yeah. That, that's 2021 sponsor exemption into the PGA championship is a tough look i mean like he played great but in a post-live world that's a tough one to look back on because that's a little bit like what we're complaining about or some of what we're complaining about about uh as it relates to live but yeah i did write about ricky today i mean i i think it's i didn't realize this rick but he uh butch Harmon, who he's kind of gotten back together with as a swing coach predicted in january that he would win this year and I didn't, I either missed it at the time or didn't pay much attention to it, but now it looks pretty, um, it, 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 you know, prescient. I don't know if that's how you say that word, but he, he was like looking into the future quite well there because Ricky's been, he's been really good. I, I mean, he's up to 50th in the world. I went back on data golf and looked at the best approach play golfers in the world so far this year it's a it's a it's a metric it's not maybe the greatest metric to determine like who's playing good golf because you can do everything else poorly and still hit good iron shots but it's pretty good i mean that's like the best determiner of that was tiger's thing in his prime was hitting great iron shots and ricky's sixth in the world of guys that have 25 measured rounds or more so far in 2023 the guys ahead of him were names like shuffler go ahead do it Yep, there's five ahead. Yeah. Wyndham Clark? No, he was one behind him. Uh, Finau and Xander are definitely yes. up there. And you got one more. Um, iron play. Is this 25 rounds since January 1st? Yep. Measured rounds. The, la the last one's a it's both surprising and unsurprising. Colin. Yeah. Surprising because he's not really been a huge factor, but of it, yeah. Unsurprising because he's an elite iron player. So 
it, it's it's Ricky's also putting better. He he had been really poor the last two or three years, and uh, is he going to win a major? I don't really think so. Is he kind of back to who he was pre twenty nineteen? Yeah, I mean he's not playing at the like the best best clip he ever played at, but pretty close. So that's great. It's good for golf. Prescient, having or showing knowledge of events before they take place for those Ooh. playing at home. Also, Butch Harmon. I, I, do, I don't remember that quote, Patrick, but the I remember a quote from Ricky where he says getting a lesson from Butch Harmon is like he tells you stories for two hours and then you are just all of a sudden striping it like by the end of the session. It's like he doesn't do like a lot of the technical stuff. He's not. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's weird. Apparently, he's like a, he's like the golf swing whisperer. Yeah, I think when we talked to him, he just pretty much said it, it kind of just clicks. He can't he can't explain it. He's like, oh, with Butch, it, it just clicks. Uh, but I'll flip the prescient back on you two. Ricky Fowler, Ryder Cup team this fall. Yes or no? Yeah, he's going to be on the team. No, he will not be on the team. Wow. Didn't we just I go think- this other day about how de- how deep his squad is. I, th- I, I think he's the 11th guy. He could get in. He's number 11. He's definitely like much more likely to be like, if, if you just start going through captain's picks, he's even if he's within the top, like 20 of the points, he could be a captain's pick. Okay. Here's top 12 in data golf rankings. Like their data, like they're where they are in the data golf rankings. Uh, Scheffler, Shoffley, Cantlay. Finau, JT, Wyndham Clark. Oh boy. So that's the top six. And then Homa, Spieth, Morikawa, Cam Young, Ricky Fowler, Sam Burns. That's your top 12. That uh, just a hell of a team, by the way. I think that's the team. Just, out, just outside of that, Henley, Kuchar, Zalatoris, he's out. DJ, Gooch, Keegan, yeah. uh, Sahith. I've heard enough. Yeah, he's on the team. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to flip you, Rick. Yeah. I was presented data, logic, and reason. I no no need to go further. I mean, here's the thing though. I think it'll I think honestly with Ricky, it'll come down to now he's the lowest ranked in the OWGR by far out of those guys that I listed, but he's in the top 12 in data golf. I think it'll come down to do you want like are you the reason I think he'll make the team is because it's going to come down to like him, DJ and Brooks or some, something like that for the 12th spot. And Spieth and JT are going to be like, yeah, bring Ricky. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's playing people. haven't. I don't know if people have realized how well he's playing yet just because he hasn't won or whatever, but he's playing well enough that you could as a captain justify taking him over terrible attitude Brooks and you know maybe doesn't care anymore DJ not that he ever cared but when when those captains are calling around you know drumming up support for who should be the like there will be a groundswell for for Ricky yeah yeah his phone calls which there will be 11 other guys outside his front door waiting to shake his hand (laughs) yeah that's right yeah is Wyndham is Wyndham Clark gonna be on that team oh Yes. Him or Thagala. I think they go Thagala. I think they want some younger blood. Clark's like, what, 30-ish? Thagala sounds like a nightmare and alternate shot. 
Yeah, I mean, just, he'll just be like throwing his clubs uh, into the European crowd. No, no, no. I'm saying like he's just all over the planet. Like he, Wyndham is such a good alternate shot, and like first of all, he drives it a mile. He puts well, and oh by the way, he's what? What did you say? The sixth best approach player in in the world. Yeah, seventh. Like, yeah, that is a very very dangerous combination of all things. Yeah, I think the U.S. team is like sneaky, not deep beyond like. Well, like yeah, thirteen or fourteen, because then you—I mean—you get into like Denny McCarthy and Taylor Moore and Russell, Chris, well, you said like Russell Henley, and I was like, oh god, what? Yeah, I mean Harris English is further down, so there's guys that are that have dropped for sort of one reason or another. Um, Kirk Kitayama, it's interesting. Ooh, he's been bad. Since bring Gordon, bring uh, bring Gordon Sargent. Take him. Uh, yeah, that went well last time. Everybody got all hot and bothered. <laughs> by he, he's so good. He's gonna have such a good career. Oh boy. Uh, speaking of our friends over at at Live Golf, they are back in action this week. Patrick, one, they continue the trend of playing into major championships. Which are they doing that all four major championships? They're playing in every single week. Is that right? I, I couldn't tell you that much, um, but sure, we'll go with it. Okay, well, they are doing it for at least the first two, and they've got the hottest player on the planet, Taylor Gooch, who has won not one, but two straight events. And even in Singapore, those nasty little range goats got the job done. And they won the team event. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Your crushers are leading among us three. Uh, me, me and Kyle are kind of bringing up the midfield there with the high flyers and the rippers. Um, but did you guys talk about the U S open last week at all with, uh, Mr. Mickelson and Mr. Gooch? Yeah, we did where, uh, well, I actually don't think we got to the Mickelson stuff, but we had talked previously about how the, uh, the qualifications had changed and basically targeted one golfer, but I do not think that we got into the Phil Mickelson response to that. Okay. Yeah, my only thing is he's known since February, and now he's bringing it up. Like he could have been to Go- to Taylor Gooch's credit, he played in the BMW PGA Championship at the end of the year in 2022, finished inside the top five, got enough OWGR points to get inside the top 50 and qualify for the Masters. He was still allowed to play on the DP World Tour during this time, uh, up until the most recent court decision. So, um, I've no no sympathy for Taylor Gooch, but he is the hottest player in the planet. Like you said, world number one at the moment, back-to-back live golf champion first ever in the league history. And he's returning to Oklahoma. The crowd, the home crowds will be out big OSU uh, contingent in that league with you line, how uh, Matthew Wolf, and then, Oh, and Eugenio Chikara. And then you got an OU guy with Abraham answer. So I, I wondered when they released the schedule originally, why the heck are they going to Tulsa, Oklahoma? But you look at the rosters and maybe that's why. But like Kyle kind of said about the Corn Ferry Tour event, it's hard to kind of garner attention. You know, is Oklahoma that golf crazed of a state where they're following their guys 10 years removed around the world and seeing what they're doing? Like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, this this is a little bit the case for for and I know I've argued this both ways, and I think this is where I'm landing. This is a case for staying international, right? Because the Australia stuff was, uh, I mean, I wasn't there. It looked lively. It looked, it looked like really solid for, 
whatever you want to say about live, you're taking stars to a place that doesn't get stars. Tulsa had the PGA championship a year ago. So they're getting just a knockoff version, like a bargain bin version of the PGA championship. And it's like, okay, like, what do, why are, what are we doing? What is this? Why would I go? Et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I just, I mean, play three events in Australia, right? If that, if that was the reception, just stay there and do that. Um, and not maybe the, the Tulsa Tucson circuit. I agree with that, but yeah, I, I think you got to see how Brooks is doing. He's obviously playing some pretty good golf. He almost won there in Singapore too, was a shot outside that playoff. And then uh, Patrick Reed's quietly, that was like a very quiet top five at the masters. Uh, yeah. T4, like, right? Yeah. Like extremely, it, like at one point on Sunday, I was like, holy crap, Patrick Reed's here. <laughs> um, so see if either of them can flash some form. Cause Rick, we were talking about Oak Hill potentially given some wing foot vibes. Patrick Reed was the 36 hole leader at that U S open before he shot, uh, I think 45 on the back on Saturday. So, um, some names to keep an eye on. Okay. Not, be so good. It's going to be a beast. Though. Not my Patrick. Um, what was I going to say? While you think of that, Cam Smith, oh. Brooks Kepka, co-favorites, 12 to one, Dustin Johnson, Taylor Gooch, 14 to one. Yeah. What I was going to say is the live did a very good job of, of scheduling against the PJ tour because these all these non-elevated events on the tour they're they're not good right like the the fields are just bad and and live every time they play it just looks it, it looks great because they're like we have by far the best field in the world you know um i was gonna add oh patrick i was gonna ask you you mentioned this in your in your newsletter but you you talked about how going back to the u.s open exemption thing you said two guys got their open championship exemption removed in yep. recently. Was did that happen recently? Yeah. I mean, the RNA came out with theirs in February and they removed the Ryder cup and president's cup exemption. It alternates every year. If you're on the team, you get into the championship. So four guys, since they weren't inside the top 50, uh, it was Mito, Sebastian Munoz, Pendrith and Cam Davis all got their exemptions taken away. Cam, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So was that a revision to a previously published list, or it was just the one, the, just the just the list for 2023? It was just a list for 2023, and they took out that one um, that had previously. I'm not sure how far it went back, but it historically been an exemption. And then on the U.S. Open front, the the Gooch thing was that a previously published list, or was it they released their list for 2023? Uh, for Gooch, that was the 2023 in February as well. I think RNA was like early February, USGA was late February, and they just changed from qualified for the tour championship to qualified and eligible for the tour championship. Yeah. I mean, I understand his frustration, but like you can't presume it's not as if they published it and then changed it. Right. It, you, if, if you're, if you're, like the Masters released their list for 2024 at the 2023 Masters. You can't presume what's going to be on that, right? Like they added NCAA champion. Guess what? Next year, they might take away fall winners on the PGA Tour. Like you don't get to just presume that 
like because something was one way the year before it was not going to be or it was going to be the exact same thing the year later uh now if they publish it and then they revise it then okay that's a different conversation but i don't know that stuff happens all uh organizations change field qualifications all the time like that's not an unusual thing i i get his frustration because he's the only one that it affects but i don't know i mean i there there's also not this much smoke if he doesn't win the last two live events. Right. Phil Mickelson probably doesn't care if, if Taylor Gooch finishes outside the top 30 of Australia and Singapore, I doubt Phil's tweeting up a storm about it. Phil Mickelson cares about Phil Mickelson. He does not give two pumps about Taylor Gooch in any scenario. Two pumps. I assure you that. Remember two years ago, whenever Phil was tweeting at me about his uh, crypto, I said that I said that. Uh, do you remember this, Rick? Yeah, I said Ricky Fowler is dressed like a uh, an undercover cop trying to uh, figure out Phil's crypto scheme or something. And he said, like, it's not that it's not that complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's not that complicated of a scheme. And then he won the PGA Championship, and now we're talking about his just insane defense of taylor gooch after something called live singapore like i the amount of things that have transpired in the last 23 months or i guess two years has is just like unfathomable like to like to go back to that time and tell all three of us what was about to go down we would have been like there's there's not enough time for all that to happen yeah and it did if you're waking up out of a coma from two years ago you've got a lot to catch up on certainly All right, gents, we will offer up our best bets in our one-and-done selections, but first we are going to pay the bills and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Now, gents, we've got to turn our attention to the KH Lee Championship. The back-to-back winner will go for the historic three-peat, and we've got our best bets for this week. It's matchups. It's finishing positions. It's outright wagers. Patrick, why don't you kick us off with your matchup of the week? Yeah, I'm going with Steven Yeager, minus 110 over Taylor Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery was put on the fraud list last week at the Wells Fargo Championship, and he might have moved up after that, that brutal miscut. Not even a chance. He had no chance of sniffing the weekend. Jaeger, meanwhile, quietly playing some of the best golf in this field. Uh, he is, let me see, I wrote it down here. Last three months, third in approach, 10th around the green, fourth tee to green in this field. So give me Jaeger over Montgomery at minus 110. The fraud The fraud list? Yeah. He Am was, I on, who else is on the fraud list? Uh, right now, it's only Taylor Montgomery. And Scott. So, <laughs> Scott, uh, he's on the the I. That's different models, different list. Um, there's a lot going on. My you paperwork's keep, all over. Lots to keep up with. Yeah, you're yeah. like Brandle over there. <laughs> uh, KP, you have opted for. Oh, this is a very interesting one. What's your matchup of the week? Yeah, Jason Day over Tom Kim. Jason Day's been just. He's been awesome this year. I mean, if you look at. Uh, the full year, if you look at whatever time frame you want to look at, he's been a really like a top 10, top 15 player in the world. And Tom Kim's been nice recently, but his his 2023 resume can't compare to Jason Day. So I, I like it. It's almost even money. I think Jason Day is just a better player than Tom Kim. And if they play heads up, I think he beats him seven out of 10 times. I don't know if that 
equates to better than what this minus 110 is. I'm sure it does, but uh, that's just sort of like where I'm at with Jason Day. Yeah, certainly indeed it would. Jason Day over Tom Kim. I'm taking Joseph Bramlett over Davis Riley, who Davis Riley hasn't really played well, but he won the team event with Nick Hardy, which is really weird and hard to quantify, but like all around that, it hasn't been very good. Joseph Bramlett, on the other hand, has been phenomenal. He's uh, taking his one elite skill set, driving of the golf ball, and putting some other good items around it. So I like the way that he's playing, and I got him over Davis Riley. Finishing positions, two top 20s and a top 40. KP, we'll go right back to you. It's a top 20. Who is it? Yep. Uh, last 20 rounds. Uh, well, it's Sam Stevens. Last 20 rounds, best ball strikers in this field. Scotty Scheffler, number one, who's, by the way, been twice as good as number two, Terrell Hatton, which is crazy. Uh, number three is Sam Stevens. And I think that people... I mean, probably don't know who he is or what he's done, but he finished second at the Texas Open, couple missed cuts. One was a team event, and then he finished T47 at the Wells Fargo and putted horribly. So he's been striking the ball well. Um, it's a good number for him to finish in the top 20. He's a no-name guy, which I like, but he's been playing some pretty pretty decent golf recently. He certainly has, plus 240 for Sam Stevens to finish inside the top 20. I've gone deep down the board, Patrick, Patrick so deep that uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, but I believe it is David Michaluzzi to finish inside the top 40 at 2-1. to one. He is playing great golf globally. I am under the impression that golf is played more than just outside the United States. He's been crushing it on the DP World Tour. He's been crushing it on the PGA Tour Australasia, and I've got him at 2-1 to one to finish inside the top 40. That is deep analysis. How, how is... Oh, top 40. I was going to say, how is he longer than Sam? Or how is Sam Stevens longer than him? But you're looking at top 40. Okay, never mind. That's right. All right, Patrick, give us your finishing position, please. Michalusi. Hey, I think yeah, I so I say it like he's that. Italian. He's Australian. So now. Oh, it? yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, um, good. I mean, good I, accent, though. I could have made a case for him for Rome, too. Uh, but I'm on Siwoo Kim, top 20 at plus 185. He is 12th in this field in total strokes gain last three months. Ninth off the tee. Uh, Dallas area resident as well. So he does have the home, the home game going for him. The adopted son, him and Tom Kim in the Dallas area. So. Yeah, I mean, proven winner. He likes to play in Texas. He's always played well. He played well at the Texas Open as well. So I'm going to go with him, top 20. Siwoo, top 20. Sam Stevens, top 20. David Michaluzzi, top 40 for the finishing positions. Patrick, I'm going to go right back to you because you have stayed on brands. You are putting your money where your mouth is. You are taking the two golfers that you just took in a matchup and finishing position in the outright market. Well done. Yeah, keep keeping it nice and tight. Co, uh, covert op this week. Siwoo Kim forty to one, and Steven Yeager uh, fifty to one. Have you have you ever seen a Steven spell his name like that with an A, or is it Stefan? Is it a German thing? Well, how does how does Stephen Curry spell his name? Uh, S T E P H E N. Okay, so E N instead of A N. Yeah, it's definitely Steven Yeager, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But I think it's a German thing. Spelling Steven with an A-N. Yeah, I'll go with that. 
Uh, I'm looking into it. Uh, Jaeger and Siwoo Kim for Patrick. I'm going Dylan Wu, 90 to 1. He's been phenomenal from T to green. I like two things this week. I like approach play. I like putting. Dylan Wu does them both well. I have another guy who also overlaps with one of Kyle's guys. So, KP, give us your two, please. Yeah, I've got Jason Day, who I mentioned earlier, and then uh, Tyrell, my guy, Tyrell Hatton. He's been playing very well. Uh, he led, from what I understand, I didn't see a single shot. He led uh, Wells Fargo at the halfway point. Uh, he's finished in the top 10, I think, in two straight events. And, you know, I think this number is a little long because Scotty Scheffler's in the field. It's a little like if Scotty Scheffler wasn't which again, Sky Shuffler is a problem, but I think Haddon should be more like 10 to one. So I like him at 12. Hatton, Hatton, Day, Siwoo, Steven Yeager, Dylan Wu, the outrights for the three of us. We've also been given an extra $50 in which we were very good at this last week. I think we were three and four last week, though we are still uh, all in the red, but we've got 50 extra bucks to go anywhere we want. And Patrick, you were correct in your assessment of who was going to miss the cut last week. And that has gotten you so excited that you have offered up another miss the cut wager. This is fantastic. I'm not in last place for the best bets, uh, potentially for the first time all year. So big day, massive pick ahead of next week's major championship. And I'm going with Aaron Wise to miss a cut plus 175. We have not seen him since the match play. Uh, before that, the play has been pretty poor. Had to take a break due to mental health reasons. I'm willing to suggest there's a little bit of rust involved, and this is going to be you know, a, a boat race, a shootout. These guys are going to have to make birdies and bunches at TPC Craig Ranch. I don't think he can. Uh, coming out so plus 175 for him to miss a cut after a pretty extended break i'm i'm gonna go with it i will take carson young top 40 plus 210 not cam young carson young who's been playing great golf missed the cut on the number his stat profile was about as good as you can get from a guy who missed the cut on the number last week gets a much weaker field this time around top 40 no problem plus 210 kp you are doubling down on one of your previous wagers. Doubling down on Sam Stevens. Already gave the reasons. Very good ball striker. Uh, coming in with some good finishes. Top 20 plus 240. That leaves us, gentlemen, with just one last thing to do. It's our crazy, wild, wacky one and done. And I believe Josh can unveil. Oh, yeah, already has. Okay, thank you very much, Josh. Greg Ducharme is in... Last place at 6.1 million. Uh, he will partner up with the other basement boy. That's you, Patrick. And the two cellar dwellers will ride. The basement with, boys. Will ride together with who? Uh, we're going with Tom Kim. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. And we're looking at, uh, you know, the... I guess some would say he was on the fraud list for some time. He's not anymore, but Tom Kim. Last week was a utter disaster with Rory McIlroy getting three shekels for first play at Wells Fargo Championship. But like father, like son, I'm not a great swimmer. He clearly wasn't either. And the only good thing I can say is I will not be in last place heading into the PGA Championship. Is, is, is Rory on your fraud list? Uh, he's Yeah, he's definitely getting – Getting close. Um, <laughs> definitely getting close. He's going to 
I mean, Rochester, he has some some home feels there, right? Honorary member, met his wife out there. If he can't get it right in Rochester, yeah, he could be. It's going to be Taylor Montgomery and Rory McIlroy on your front. Your 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 list needs some work. Scotty Scheffler doesn't pass the eye t- test, and Rory's about to join Taylor Montgomery on your fraud list. To be some... fair, uh, Scotty Scheffler has not won since I have said that. So it's <laughs> started like one time. Rick, what was Rick, the thing? <laughs> don't get in the way of a good narrative. What was the thing you tweeted out about uh, the Oak Hill driving um, distances? I mean, it's just going to be. Like it's just such a big boy spot where um, it's going to feel a lot like Beth Page and a lot like um, Wingsfoot where it's not going to be so like missing by one yard and missing by 30 is likely to be the same. The other thing is it's going to be, it's just like a long and straight golf course and these fairways are super narrow and they have these, these bunkers and the way that the, the the trees that they left are so strategically placed that like, if you can't carry it, like, 310 you're dead you're just dead like you're just like it's such a hard driving golf course and i would it, 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 i would prefer you be long and straight but if you're not both of those things you gotta be long so not a zach johnson kevin kisner track cannot imagine Furyk's tom, not tom tom kim it, it it is like it's 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 brutal. It's going to be brutal. Well, what's interesting about that is, yeah, Furyk and Duffner last time are both super short. Burn the, bur, whatever you burn your memory from last time. Okay. It will be nothing. They've redone every green. They've taken out six hundred trees. The, one of the holes doesn't even exist anymore. Like whatever you saw before, burn it. It will be nothing like that. So, like six guys can win it. Yes. Rob might. Rob might be halfway to the slam. Uh, it, it, he, yeah, he's like the guy, right? Long, straight, all the shots. Um, yeah, man, dude, it's it's gonna be devilish off the tee for sure. Interesting. Yeah, here, here's the. But yeah, so this is this is just my Google Earth. So I go through and I do all the measurements, right, from the yardage book and from the tees to carries and how far, how wide they are, and you know, start looking about dispersions and things like that. And it, it's just it's super tight, man. And what are the what are the red lines there? Is that like a 300 carry? So the red lines are just the width. Um, so like, uh, okay. So okay. I mark both the fairway width and also the width of like what you can get away with. So, you know, you might have, yeah, the fairway might be 25 yards wide, but you might have 50 yards wide there. Um, but there are some places where the fairway is your, like that is your width, right? Like you can't really miss it without some big penalty coming into play. Um, there's a couple of really unique shaped. There's going to be some sick pins because there's some unique shape yeah. means that like, this it, is going to be a lot of fun. I watched the uh, fried egg video on like the reconstruction of, or the whatever renovation of Oak Hill. And the way they took these sort of circular greens and reestablished the original shapes, they can put pins in places that weren't even part of the green last time, right? They were like the rough or, you know, whatever off the green. And there, you could really set up a fascinating golf course just by where you put the pins at, at, uh, on some of these greens. I don't know if you can see it, but towards, towards like the top of the image, there's a, there's a yellow green with three different horizontal lines on it. Yeah. Okay. So that green is so uniquely shaped. So it is, 
Um, if you use a pin location that is on the front, it's 34 yards wide. If you use a pin in the middle, it's 23 yards wide. If you use a pin in the back, it's 10 yards wide. So it goes from 34 yards to 10 yards, all based on pin location, which is sick. It is sick. It changes the pin positions can just change the whole golf course. Right. And, and if you, you know, if you combine that with moving tees around, which I don't know if or how much they'll you know do that or whatever but you can you can make a golf course completely different from one day to the next the the other thing is it's hard to see from this from this uh from this image here but what they did with the so it's basically a classic like a lot of these holes are fairly straight right like it's just like long and straight out in front yeah of the classic golf course but what they kind of did is they took these um they took the tee boxes and they're just kind of like offset a little bit and there's still a, a tree. So you're going to have to hit like a baby fade and then like, mm -hmm. cut, and then like a, a baby draw. And like, it's just like, it's like annoying, right? They're not dog legs. They're not really dog legs. They're not really straight. They're like annoying little shots that you're going to have to hit off the tee every single time. Yeah. So sick. They did a great in, job. In that, uh, in that fried egg video too, I always think about like Tory Pines when it was like better to be in the fairway bunkers than the rough. Uh, like I, I know the guy who redid it said, you know, they're deep. It was given like open championship feel that they're like legitimate hazards. So just echoing the need for uh, all around driving. Yeah, it's going to be so sick. Um, All right. Sorry, a little tangent there. Let's go back to the one and done picks because I am in a Kyle sandwich. Uh, <laughs> myself and uh, Kyle M and Kyle Porter have all gone with the same golfer. KP reveal to the world who that is. Yeah, Tyrell Hatton is our golfer. I was shocked. I thought I picked him like twice already this year. I haven't yet. So I don't – I think if I mapped it out at the beginning of the year like Mark did, this is probably not the place I would use him. But guess what? I didn't map it out, and this is the place I'm going to use him. So here we are. Uh, Sia Najad lone wolf sit. I believe he's the only lone wolf he is uh, with Christian Bezadenhout. And then we've got the fans riding again with our leader, Mark Immelman. They have opted for KH Lee. Patrick, I don't know. I'm sure Tiger did it about a thousand times, but uh, winning three in a row is got to be a pretty small list at any event. Uh, Stricker at the John Deere. Okay. He's got to be the last one, maybe, right? Sam Burns had a chance this year, didn't do it. Uh, couldn't tell you who did, who had a chance before that. But yeah, it's very small. I assume Nicholas did it. Maybe Tom Watson, Arnie, um, KH Lee, potentially. But I don't know. I was trying to find. I was trying to find the list, uh, but I was doing it unsuccessfully. Uh, there you go. Oh. Uh, Victor had a chance too, right? Your boy. Yes. yes. In what? Uh, in Puerto Rico or in? Uh, sorry, uh, Mike. That's right. Okay. Here, here's the here's the trivia question for you. So outside of Stricker, the last five before him, four of those were Tiger Woods. Yes. Who was the other? Okay, so I'm looking at it. So I will I will upstate. So Kyle, it's to you. The last five before. Wait. So, so Stricker, Stricker did it last. The five yeah. is before that. Four of those were Tigers. So we're just we're just who was the non-Tiger who did it before that? 
Uh, Stuart Appleby. Where? Hawaii. No. When? Yes. Was it Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. Tournament. Uh, 2001 through three. Uh, four through six, 2004 through 2006. Hmm. Very good. Yes. And then um, Tom Watson did it at the Byron Nelson. Uh, Johnny Miller did it in Tucson. Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer's done it a couple times. Uh, how about this? Four in a row. That has only happened five times. Four bet, in a row only happened. I bet, Tiger, I bet Tiger has three of them. He has two of them. Okay. Do you want to take a stab at what two that he has? API. Uh, API. That's one. 2000 to 2003. And Tori, I think. F yes. 2005, 2008. That is correct. So there are three other instances of a golfer winning four in a row. I will tell you, the last non-Tiger instance was 1930. Holy cow. Um, Sam Sneed. No. No. <laughs> Idiot. Uh... <laughs> Uh, 1930. That was the most recent. Did Harry Varden win four opens in a row or something? No, but like you're <laughs> like you're not that far off. <laughs> it's got to be like it's not Bobby Jones. He didn't. He didn't really. Play. Walter Hagen, PGA champion. Yeah, Hagen, PGA championship. 1924 <laughs> 1924 Great call. And then there were two others. Yeah. Oh gosh. I will say that technically there are two others. <laughs> technically, I don't know. Old Tom means. and young Tom. Uh, Old okay. Tom twice. Middle-aged Tom. Remember, <laughs> Kyle, do you remember um, why there wasn't an open championship one year? Yeah, because they took the he took the belt. <laughs> young they Tom had to, took the belt. Yeah, they, they he just left with it. They had to make a trophy because the belt was absconded. So I'm pretty sure this is the year. So he won three in a row, six, 1868 to 1870. There was no event in 1871. I'm pretty sure because he took the belt. He took the belt. Yeah. He came back in 1872 and won it again. Okay. So that was one of them. And then what was the other one? Uh, Gene Sarah's in Miami Open, 1927 to 1930. Oh, okay. Hmm. There you go. Gene oh, Sarah's I should have thought of that. The Squire. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great. Four in a row, that's a great trivia. That's a good one. Yeah, so Tiger, Tiger, Sarazen, Hagen, and Young Tom. That's right. Yeah. With an asterisk. Young right. Tom. Correct. Uh, so for those just listening, Mark went with KH Lee's at 15 million. I'm at 12 million. I went with Terrell Hatton. Kyle M at 10 million went with Terrell Hatton. The fans, 9.7. KH Lee, Kyle Porter, uh, 7.2 went with Terrell Hatton. Uh, Sia at 7.1 went with Bazaden Hote. Patrick at 6.7 and Greg at 6.1 went with Tom Kim. One last thing before we get out of here, boys, there is breaking baseball Las Vegas news. Apparently the Oakland A's have agreed with Bally's to tear down the Tropicana and build their new stadium on the strip. Oh, it's good um, for you. Yeah. Tell us more. Good for business. Business be business is booming in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah. That's, that's great for you. I have, uh, do you have to go? Uh, we got kids yelling and all kinds of stuff. Uh, somebody asked this earlier and I didn't get to it, but the t they wanted the top 12 on the European side for the Ryder Cup. Yeah. I'll just blow through it. Uh, Rom, Rory, T-Rell, 
Victor, Fitz, Fleetwood, Rose, Lowry. Uh, technically, Casey and Sergio, but I, I think they can't play, right? They won't play. So Adrian Moronk, Seamus Power, and then Alex Noren and Aaron Rye. Where's Yannick? This is data golf rankings. So he's like 20th. Rigged. On the European this week. You know who's uh, 13th if you don't include the Live Boys? Seb Straka. No. Who? He's uh, Ludwig. Aberg. Ooh. Yeah. That would be sick. Oh, that would be. Hillman Sargent. I think, yeah, just let them play against each other. I, I think Europe is kind of sneaky, not that bad right now. Big f- The five, the top five are elite. Yeah. Nope. Like, I, I, I don't, I read the Europe list and I read the U.S. list, and I, I don't think, oh, this is going to be destruction on the U.S. side. I just, maybe it will. I just don't think that. When I, when I, just when I read the list. I think the question for them will be, do you pair up the big boys all together and try to grab points that way, or they split tried them up. Time, didn't they? Didn't they try to do that? Rom and Sergio were dynamite last time. Yeah, I forgot that who was, did they. I mean, they had Rom. I mean, Rory was Rory was not good at whistling straights. That didn't help. Uh, they've got the they've got the Hogards. They've got Willett just outside the top twelve. Thomas Dietrich, Ludwig, Jordan Smith. It, the last three spots for them are going to be interesting. I would take Ludwig and just like roll him out there and see what happens. Would you rather have Ludwig or Aaron Rye? I I would rather have Ludwig, but it's not going to happen, man. It's like this is like the it's like the, it's like the old. Uh, I know, I know, it's, I know. It's, the U.S. team has had the same variation of the leadership room for the past one hundred years. It seems like. Yeah. Since, it's like that. Young, since young Tom won the four in a row. <laughs> yeah. Young Tom said, I'll only come back if we never change the leadership. Yeah. And they have it. Yeah, they lived up to it. All right. We will be back with round by round recaps for this week's ATT Byron Nelson, and then obviously some mucho mucho coverage for next week's PGA Championship. For now, big thanks. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald can be found on Twitter at Amateur Status, and you can find Kyle Porter's musings at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. Catch you next time.